Lord, I come before you humbly. You know the word that you've given me. You know the week and weeks that I've had. So, Lord, I just ask that you give me clarity. Give me the words to speak. And let it just be driven home, Lord. Let your glory be known. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, so we didn't have the underground last week. Um, it was supposed to be my, my week of teaching, but the children were not feeling well, so we decided to call it. But during that whole week, I was still searching the words, still asking the Lord, what do I need to teach? What do I need to teach? It also just so happened to be that last Friday was the day the iPhone came out. And so it's, it's been one of those things that I've been very, very excited about um, because my phone's old as dirt, was old as dirt, and um, yeah, just wanted a new one. So I was, it was, this was my time to get a new one. And so I spent a lot of my time, yes, seeking the Lord, yes, searching the Word, yes, listening for the Lord, but I also spent a lot of my time uh, selfishly just kind of searching the web for clues and info on the new phone and so I could expect whatever and, and eagerly anticipating its delivery. And so, so we canceled. And, uh, and I will, I'll be honest and say that I didn't have anything to teach that week. So this week rolls around. I have my phone. That pressure's off. The excitement's off. My excitement's worn down. I have a clear head now. And so I'm seeking the Lord, saying, Lord, do I, do I need to speak this week? Which is normally a week of testimony. And, um, and I started, started feeling like, yes, I had something to say. Didn't know what I had to say, but I had something important to say. And so, listened, listened, listened. It was suddenly much clearer and easier to listen to the Lord. And uh, it's not the most exciting thing, thrilling thing to hear when he did speak. So I was, had a conversation with somebody. It might have been Tony. And I think we were sending messages back and forth about just a, an article of some sort and just saying, you know, how sad this world is, how sad and, and, and just depraved it is. And so I said, as I'm, as I'm going to the Lord, I, I felt like, I was like, Lord, how do I, how do I defend you? How do I get people to choose you? Because completely forgetting just what I had done the week prior, 
which was more or less ignore and or hardly listen for the word of the Lord. But seeking my own choice, having forgotten all that, this week, brand new week, all of a sudden I'm going, Lord, I will be your knight in shining armor. I have put on Ephesians 6. I will defend you in your honor. And he goes, really? And I went, yes. And he goes, you couldn't choose me if you wanted to. He said, do you remember last week when the iPhone came out? And I went, nope, nope, don't know what you're talking about. Never heard of it. Not happened. Knowing fully aware that, yes, I had. I had chosen my own desires and wants over him. And so he says, how can you, O defender of God, defend me if you can't choose me? But so I had started researching saying, how, Lord, how would I go about defending you to somebody as if I'm a brilliant man? And everything I came in contact with proved quite the opposite, that I can't choose God. So he started me off in John 6, verse 64. John 6, verse 64. And then this is Jesus saying, But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning, Jesus knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, Therefore I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. So the fact is that God knows already. He knows already who is for him and who is against him. I can't tell that. So in that verse, he's telling me, when he, when he said that to me, he said, what do I need you for, Tyler? What do I need you for? I know who is for me. I know who is against me. How will you defend me if you don't know that? And I went, I'll try. And he said, oh, well then how about let's go to Acts 17, Tyler. Verse 22, starting in verse 22 through 28. He said, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive in that all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the in this inscription, To the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him... 
I pro- him I proclaim to you, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives to all life, breath, and all things. And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him. For though he is not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. What can I offer him? He can't dwell in a temple made by my hands. He has need of nothing. He gives life, breath, all things. He has determined boundaries. How, he said, how would you defend me? What do I have need with your defense? He said, I have no need of your defense. And he said, you can't choose me, Tyler. Your human nature cannot choose me. And your human nature chooses Deuteronomy 30, 19. This is Moses speaking. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and Jacob to give them. And then if you go to Joshua 24, here's Joshua saying the exact same thing. Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
in Egypt and in, on the other side of the river, they experienced miracles. 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 And they chose to serve other gods. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as the others. I will choose my lusts before the Lord. I will, and so just so we're clear, anything you put before the Lord is idolatry. Anything. So what I'm telling you right now is that I was idolatrous. I put this brand new stinking phone before my worship and my searching of the Lord. Some pastor, some leader of a church, right? Idolatrous hypocrite. And if we go back to Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, <coughs> idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I can't choose the Lord. I, Tyler Robertson, 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100, 1,000 times out of 1,000, will never choose the Lord. You know, this is an example of what the people choose, right? The Tower of Babel. We chose pride over worship of the Lord. Jonah chose his own personal dislikes and hatred over the Lord. 
Sarah chose her own personal desires over the promises of the Lord. David chose his own lusts over the Lord. The rich young ruler chose money and greed over the Lord. Martha chose a clean house over the Lord. And so I said, Lord, because it was very, very difficult to hear that I will never choose him. And he says, Tyler, you will never choose me. But he says, I want you to understand something. Though you will never choose me, John, go to John 15. Fifteen verse sixteen. This is what God told me. Fifteen sixteen. You, Tyler, did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. This God I serve by profession of my mouth that I can't choose if I wanted to, chose me. Ephesians 1, 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. Before the foundation of the world, before God spoke anything into being, he chose me. I am not some afterthought. I am not some evolution, some particle that was just part of a big bang. I was chosen. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. 
from the beginning. It's not some accident. It's not by luck or roulette. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. He has chosen me. Tyler, what's behind door number one? Pride. I'll take door number one. I will choose immediate gratification to the blessing of life given by the God who loves me, who chose me, knowing that I couldn't choose him. And so he's just proving his point and he's hammering it home to me that, yes, Tyler, you want to be the defender. You want to stand before people and proclaim my gospel. He's like, the fact is you are a sinner. You can't choose me. I chose you. I have done all the work. I don't need you. Going back to John 1.4. John 1.14. That's what I meant to say. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. God did all the work. I can't defend him because God does all the work. Did, he, he came he said I'm, I'm here in heaven and I'm telling you that I'm choosing you that I'm loving you and we didn't believe him and so we, he had to come in flesh and demonstrate just how much he's chosen us Back to Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is a gift. God did all the work. You didn't choose the gift. You can't choose a gift. He chose the gift. He made the gift. He has given us the gift. Second Peter 3 verse 9. 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. He does all the work, waiting for everyone. For everyone. First John 4.19 We love him because he first loved us. He did the work first. He loved us first. In all our time, God has had to demonstrate everything, gang. Everything. Galatians 5.22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. God demonstrated everything. Every single one of those things, that's the fruit of the Spirit because He has shown us that it is a fruit of the Spirit. It is who He is. You think you love? You can't love like God loves. You think you can be a friend? You can't be a friend like God's a friend. God has shown He's a better friend than we could ever be. Look, even look at Abraham, look at Moses. They, they, friends of God, couldn't even trust him, couldn't believe him, took, things in, took matters into their own hand. God was still faithful. You want to see God demonstrate love? Look at Judges. Time and time again, his people chose other gods to serve. Ones that he said, you are the apple of my eye. I have chosen you out of all peoples. They chose other gods, but yet when they cried out, he delivered them. That's love. You want to talk about what does it mean to sacrifice? Look at Jesus on the cross. You want to understand God's righteousness or what righteous you think you can be righteous? Look at the prophets. God has had to demonstrate everything to us because as we had stated, we, all we do is hate, envy, lie, cheat, Adultery, idolatry, all of it. That's what we choose. That's what we choose. Look at Adam and Eve. Heaven on earth. The closest living, the closest humans to walk with God 
And what did they choose? Food. Knowledge over God and obedience. Literally, these people were untouched by sin. Untouched by sin. I'm born in sin. These people were not born in sin. And they still chose something other than God. So what makes me think I could be any better? Who am I to defend God? And so that was heavy because he was convicting me, showing me, revealing to me where I am so wrong, so lost. And so I said, God, I want the things of you. I want to preach your word. I want to worship you. I want to choose you. You know, and if you've been around the church, this answer is not going to shock you. But without Jesus and the Holy Spirit, it is a hundred percent impossible to choose God. You can choose to love but you can't love like God loves without God. You can choose to be patient, but you can't be patient like God without God. You think you're a good friend, you can't be a good friend the way that God has demonstrated what a good friend looks like. I should have just told you guys to bookmark John. Let's go, go back to John 14. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you have known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And now that you're back in John, let's go to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 2. First Timothy 2, 3 and 4. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men. The man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. One man. You want to understand what it's like to love like God? 
you need to understand Jesus. First Peter 3.18 I just have to say the Lord has been blessing me because I have been turning to these pages rather quickly. So I give all glory to Him for that. It makes it easy for me. For Christ Jesus also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that He might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. Like I said, God chose us. We can't, as, with, as sinful, non-Jesus-believing people, we can't choose God. So he had to choose us. He had to come to earth to bring us back. And even... Even still, yes, I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Yes, I do believe I am filled with the Holy Spirit. Even still, I choose my own, my own desires. I choose the iPhone over the, over the Lord. Correction, I have chosen the iPhone. But there are other things that I can choose. I can now choose by being set free from my own sin. I can choose the things of the Lord. But I want us to understand something. And, and he kind of revealed it to me. And he was so apropos because... It was my birthday, and, and I said, Lord, how do I, you know, I had said, Lord, how do I defend you? How do I get people to accept, to, to choose Jesus? That's, those are the words that I used. How do I get people to choose Jesus? And so understanding that 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100, they will not choose Jesus. We understand this? The fact is, they don't need to choose Jesus. And you say, well, what does that mean? And he said, Tyler, I told you, it is a gift. God did all the work. He came and he gave me the gift. He gives you the gift of salvation, of life, of blessing. You can't choose a gift for yourself from somebody else. The only thing you can do is accept it. The Lord has put it he has given it. It is a given gift. Means it is no longer in his possession. It is sitting in your possession. 
It is no longer God's possession. It is your possession. So what do we do with it? Do we just leave it there? Do we just open that birthday card to look for the money and take it and be thankful for it until that money runs out? Or do we accept that gift and open it up and receive what's in there? Because only by accepting a gift does it truly become yours. It's not something to choose. And I, and I pray that I'm making myself clear. You can't choose salvation because it's not something to choose. It's given to you. It's a gift already there. You can only accept it. Which, for me, takes a lot of responsibility off, a lot of the pressure off. Because as, as, as he showed me, you know, without Him, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus Christ, I won't, I wouldn't choose salvation. No matter, I mean, He prom, He says, Tyler, you know, I got blessings upon blessings I want to give you. I got joy upon joy I want to give you. I have life everlasting for you. And then the enemy would go, Tyler, I got a hot woman for you to date and marry. And I'd be like, ooh. Not even caring about the implications of my eternal life. I'm easily distracted by something shiny, something new. So God did all the work and took that pressure of me having to choose between selfishness and Him and said, this is yours. He gave it to me already. But the moment that I accepted that gift is the moment that I could now choose the things of God for myself. I can choose to love like God loved, unconditionally. I can choose to sacrifice like God does, unselfishly. I can choose to be righteous. I can choose to forgive. And so for that reason, I praise God for doing the things that I couldn't do myself.
You know, He chose us. He chose all of us. Some people don't accept the gift. You can ignore the gift. Like I said, you can open the card. Or you can open it and see what amazing treasure is in that box. And so it takes all the pressure off, guys, right? It takes off the pressure from me of wanting to ev- of needing to evangelize. Right? I don't need to anymore convince you to accept Jesus. To choose Jesus. I don't need to do anything. I don't need to formulate an argument and say, here is my argument for Jesus. That pressure's off. Because they already have, you already have the gift. It's just accepting it or not. There's no convincing I have to do. God did all the work. He picked out the present, he wrapped it, and he gave it. Thank God he did, because I'm lazy. Lord, we come before you grateful for your loving kindness, for doing all the heavy lifting. Lord, I repent fully of any pride that I thought that you needed me to defend you, you needed me for anything. But I bless your name for doing all the work, for giving me this gift that I can see what life is truly like, what your love is truly like, what your sacrifice, the sacrifice you did is really cost you. And I thank you for choosing me when even I wouldn't have chosen me. Because you changed me. And I bless your holy name. In Jesus' name. Amen.